Good morning. Thank you so much for being here, for welcoming me, welcoming me as your um, guest preacher. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Kelly Johnston, and I'm a member here. Um, I am a mom to three little boys, two who are over there with my husband. Um, I am a pastor's kid who grew up to be a pastor. And uh, if I always got an extra hour on Saturday night before preaching, I might still be in full-time ministry right now. <laughs> but I'm right now uh, intentionally choosing to take a season to, to be at home with my kids, and uh, I am incredibly grateful for the ability to do that. I'm also a cancer fighter, and I added to my resume recently, cover girl. Um, <laughs> Pastor Diana showed you the, the magazine cover. Um, And I just want to thank Ed and Linda for the opportunity to to share my story. I I won't really be sharing a whole lot of that uh, in this message this morning. So make sure you grab one of those um, magazines if you want to hear me, you know, the sob story about my cancer journey. (laughs) Um, But I am so grateful to be a part of this church family, this church community, and I'm so grateful for the the love and the care that you have shown me and my family over this past year um, since my diagnosis. I'm coming up on my anniversary in just a couple weeks, um, and so thank you so much uh, for what you have been to us. Um, I am honored to be able to preach this morning, and I would like to begin with prayer. So would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your people, for this place. Thank you for your word. I pray that as we open up your word together this morning, Lord, that you would be the one who would open our hearts, our eyes, our ears, so that we would hear the message of truth that you have for us. Use me, Lord. Um, Perhaps even speak in spite of me, that we might um, be blessed by you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Can we have just a little bit of fun this morning? You guys okay with that? All right. Um, As I was preparing for this message, um, knowing that it was an intergenerational Sunday and being a mom who loves kids and enjoys having them around most of the time, I just wanted to do a few things a little bit differently. Um, And I I made a special insert for you guys. I'm not super into the the fill-in-the-blank inserts, but I figured for today, especially maybe those of you who are still learning how to take notes, I've got a little fill-in-the-blank insert for you. And on the back, you know, we always have uh, worship bags for kids, and if you haven't grabbed one of those and you need one, there's some on the table right outside the door here um, with a bunch of stuff that kids can color. But hey, grown-ups, you might want to color too, right? So I'm sorry to not provide colored pencils for you today. If you really want to color and you you know where to go, you might go find some. But maybe you could take this home later this week and uh, use it as a way to kind of keep on thinking about what we talked about today. So this is just a cool little adult coloring page for you. Um, And uh, in just a moment, I want to have a little competition that I'm going to call Shush vs. Shout. Have you guys ever played Shush vs. Shout? Okay. No, let's, uh, we're going to play that in just a moment, but first I want to back up and just ask you, did you enjoy reading Mark this week? I won't ask for a show of hands, but I see some heads nodding. I'll be honest, I've had a hard time keeping up with my um, immersed Bible readings, but since I was the preacher today, I definitely did my homework. And 
I was so grateful, and honestly, that's part of why I'm not I'm not doing the whole, you know, here's my cancer story, and here's how God's been faithful, because when I knew that this was the week that we were doing Mark, I just, I wanted to talk about Mark, because he is so cool. My dad preached a few weeks ago, I like Luke, and I was joking that I was going to title my sermon, I like Mark. <laughs> But Mark is cool. He, he reads, as the video talked about, it's very fast-paced. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of things that happen immediately or at once or um, uh, right away. And uh, one of the themes as I was reading through it over these past couple weeks, and I don't know if it jumped out at those of you who had the opportunity to read Mark in this big chunk, was uh, this image of Jesus as a celebrity, you kind of, did you notice that? There's just constantly crowds following him, surrounding him, seeking him out, and just calling out for Jesus. And yet, time after time, what does Jesus do? Who did their homework? What does Jesus do? He, shh, he shushes them. Time after time, Jesus tells uh, these people who are going crazy about him to keep it under wraps, to stay quiet. And there's this overarching question, the video mentioned this question that follows Jesus throughout Mark's gospel of, who is this man? And if you look in Mark's gospel, it's so fascinating. The, the, the beings who are the most clear and certain on who this man is are the demons. They are the ones who speak with the most certainty throughout. I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. And of course, Jesus shh, tries to silence them. And even when he heals people, he heals a, a, a leper, a man with leprosy, and he tells him sternly shh, not to tell anyone. He raises a a 12-year-old girl back to life. Resurrection. A little girl. But he tells the family, gives them strict instructions. Shh. Don't tell anyone. Keep it to yourself. But of course, as Jesus was changing lives left and right, the excitement about him just grew and grew and grew. And there's this tension in Mark's gospel between Jesus' growing popularity of these crowds following him and then this desire to keep some control about, over the news about him. So there are those who were shouting about who Jesus was, who he is. And then there's Jesus sh- shushing them. And so to illustrate this back and forth that we see in Mark's gospel, I thought we could have a little shh. Shout shush competition. Okay? Will you guys be the shouters? Do you think you could shout today? Just a little shouting in church? Okay? All right? Now you all need to keep them quiet, okay? You are the shushers. Okay. So, so uh, just to keep things simple, rather than have you say something like, you are the Holy One of God, or um, Jesus is the Lord, just say, I just want you to shout Jesus. Okay, and then we're going to go back and forth, and you all are going to shh as loud as you can. Ooh, that gets a little messy. <laughs> Watch out over here. <laughs> okay, can we give it a try? All right. So what are you guys going to shout? Jesus! Jesus! Okay, at the same time. Jesus! <laughs> Okay, the shouts are always going to be louder, aren't they? That was very impressive. Very impressive shouting. Okay, that's the end of the competition. 
so you know. But it's a little bit the, the tension that we see in Mark. There, there's just these crowds calling out, following after Jesus. And the shouts are always going to be louder. And we could, I could do a whole sermon on why this, this tension existed. But I just want to say briefly that you know, part of why Jesus was always shushing these people was that he was more than a miracle healer. He was more than the the new celebrity to follow around. And his message was bigger than just come to me and and be healed. Right? His message, the end of the video talked about the, the challenge of his message that victory comes through defeat, that life comes through death, that joy comes through suffering. This was not, Jesus knew this was not an easy message for many people to accept. And that when he called people to follow him, it was not just to follow him and life is going to be 100% awesome all the time. It was to follow him and to take up a cross, to, to deny yourself, to put aside your own wants and, and find what you need in him. So Jesus had a a bigger message, and he didn't want people to get too thrown off, right? But his heart, of course, was to to heal and to love. Um, And he he walked all over the place doing this. And as we turn to um, Mark chapter 6, if you've got your Immerse Bibles, it's the bottom of page 269 where this story starts. Um, Actually, right before this passage... um, Two sections before this passage, Jesus has actually sent out his 12 disciples to do the ministry that he's been doing. I mean, he's got all these people following, around, following him around. He can't find a single quiet moment. And so he equips the 12 disciples that they could go and cast out demons and heal people. And at the top of page 269, it says they, they went out. Um, they were telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. They cast out many demons and healed many sick people. And then we get this little bit about John the Baptist dying, and we're just going to skip over that completely today. Um, But at the bottom of page 269, it says, The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour, and they told him all they had done and taught. And they were tired. And Jesus was tired. And so Jesus says, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place. And rest a while. Sounds like a lovely invitation, doesn't it? (laughs) And he said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Anyone have a, a day this week where you didn't even have time to eat? Of course, they didn't have, like, Lara bars and Cliff bars and stuff back then. <laughs> we have a whole section of a grocery store of on-the-go food. So Jesus and his disciples, they were looking for quiet. So if you're trying to fill in those blanks there, five-letter word, they were looking for quiet. They were looking for shh. <laughs> Needed to get away from the shouts and the demands, and they wanted to find some quiet, but instead they found a crowd. Jesus was looking for quiet, and he finds a crowd. They got in a boat to head somewhere deserted, but then the people saw them 
get in the boat. And they followed along the shoreline to run ahead to the place where Jesus was going. And you can just imagine everyone standing there on the shoreline, just shouting out, reaching out. Okay, one more time, guys. Can you yell it for me? Yeah! <laughs> and yes. Jesus was looking for quiet, and yet there again was a crowd. And now Jesus knew how to take care of himself. I love that the gospel writers tell us about Jesus going away to a quiet place to pray. And yet here in Mark chapter 6, it says that Jesus did not keep going. He actually stopped. He stepped from the boat and he had compassion on these people because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw this huge crowd and he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began teaching them many things. I love this image of Jesus as a shepherd, as the leader. See, he knew that these people were looking for a leader. They were lost. They were wandering. They, they needed someone to help them figure out where to go and what to do. And in John's gospel, Jesus is the place where Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. That's John. But Mark makes this connection as well. If you know uh, anything about sheep, you know that they're animals that tend to wander around. They need someone to help them figure out where to go. And I actually have a video that I want to show you really quick of... Um, these are not um, sheep from Jesus' day and age. They did not have drones back then. But um, this is just a, a video of sheep from above. Um, and let's just watch it. fascinating? Look up mesmerizing sheep herding on YouTube. There's a few other options. <laughs> New Zealanders are super into it, I guess. <laughs> but I love that. I picked that one because you can see some people. There's some other ones that I saw where it's all dogs doing the work, you know, but you could actually see some people and they like just take one small step and the sheep move um, and they go where they are led. And uh, I love that in that one also you can see them actually going to a greener pasture. And that's the shepherd's job, right? The sheep, they just need to eat, right? They just need to eat so that one day someone can eat them, I guess. And to eat, they need that, that green grass. 
And um, Jesus says that he will be that, that shepherd, have compassion on these people wandering around um, and lead them, be their leader. So did you get on our bulletin insert there? This crowd was looking for a leader. And so they chase after Jesus. They're looking for a leader and they chase after Jesus. And so even though Jesus was weary and hungry and his ears were ringing from all those people shouting his name, he had compassion on them. And, and uh, it's interesting, Mark uh, just tells us that he started to teach them. He doesn't tell us, this is maybe why some of us like Mark, he doesn't do, you know, like this huge Sermon on the Mount kind of thing. He just says, uh, Jesus taught them. It's not really the point of the story here, that Jesus taught them many things. But you know how the story goes. Um, but since we didn't read it, I will, I'll read it again. It says, Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages to buy something to eat. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what? they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? He asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, We have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. And Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up toward heaven and he blessed them. And then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the people so they could distribute it. Distribute it. He kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. So you know this story, don't you? The disciples come to Jesus and say, people are starting to get hungry. So you don't ever get hungry during church. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was a kid um, and my dad said to me, you know, it might be time for you to, to start taking communion during church. I was maybe like seven or eight. And I was like, that would be really great because I get kind of hungry sometimes. And that snack that all the grownups get once a month seems like I would really benefit from that. <laughs> Well, we went and had like a one-on-one conversation and he showed me what was in scripture and I learned that there was much more to communion than uh, just a snack. Um, And uh, I think in this passage, by the time the disciples came to Jesus, the hunger level had definitely gone from the snack will cover it range to the we need a real meal. Parents, you know the distinction between these, right? Oh yeah, I think a snack will do it. No, we're going crazy. It's, we need real food. (laughs) That was the point that they were at here. And Jesus challenges them to see what they can find. So the disciples go looking for food, and they find a little. They find a little. Now, I need some lookers here. I have some food hidden around this sanctuary, uh, about two fish and five loaves. Um, And if you can help find those for me and bring them on up, okay? Take a look. They're they're not up high. They're all down low. I've got a basket here. Oh, 
right. Okay, thank you. Okay, we've got one loaf and one fish. Hmm. Oh, okay, I see another loaf. Okay. Thank you. Oh, okay, we've got three loaves now. Oh, two fish. We've got two fish. All right. Who can find two more loaves for us? There are, oh, someone want to deliver that loaf up here for me? Okay. Now, how many loaves were there, guys? Okay, I've got four. Oh, there's number five. All right. Give a round of applause for our finders. This could be our table decoration today here. We'll set that there. My mom made those because she's cool. So the disciples go out looking for food. And they come back with a little. And these are, you know, probably bigger than what they really were. Because, you know, when you're making it out of felt, might as well make it big and fun, right? They don't find much. And, of course, they bring it to Jesus. And Jesus, Jesus can do a lot with a little, can't he? Jesus likes little things. You know, Jesus talks about just a little bit of faith, a mustard seed size of faith. And move mountains, right? Jesus welcomes little children into his midst and he blesses them. He even tells his disciples to be like them. Be little. Receive the kingdom of God like little children or you won't enter it. Part of this tough message that Jesus had uh, was a call to be little, we could say. To be humble, to be last, to be a servant rather than someone seeking celebrity. Jesus liked little things, humble beginnings. And so he shows this huge crowd what he can do with a little. But first, he looks up, right? Can you guys all look up? All right, so that's our beautiful ceiling. But obviously we imagine that God is up in heaven, right? And Jesus takes uh, uh, the loaves and the fish and it says that he looks up to heaven, And then he blesses them. Looking to heaven, Jesus gives a blessing. He blesses uh, the food, and then he distributes it, and everyone eats. Talk about a blessing. Talk about a blessing. I want you, you could close your eyes, look up, maybe put your hands out too. And I want you to just thank God for something today. You can do it quietly. Looking up at God with your hands, imagining what it is that he has given you, what he's provided for you. It could be a little thing. It could be a big thing. Does everyone thank God for something? It's a great posture for prayer. Well, Jesus thanked God for these loaves and fishes, and he fed everybody. Now, one of the things that some of us like about Mark's gospel is it's the shortest, right? It is the shortest by far of the four. But what's cool about Mark is he still includes some really interesting details. He just kind of leaves out whole chunks rather than, you know, cutting out words. Uh, for example, I love um, in, at the very beginning of Mark's gospel when he talks about Jesus in the wilderness, Mark is the only one who says that Jesus was with, does anyone know the detail? The wild animals. 
Jesus was with the wild animals in the wilderness, and yet God's angels protected him. Only Mark tells us that. Only Mark tells us that when Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat while this crazy storm was going on, that Jesus had his head on a cushion. (laughs) Only Mark tells us about the cushion. Preach a sermon on that one sometime, Pastor Diana. (laughs) And here in Mark chapter 4, all four Gospels tell this story about the feeding of 5,000. But only Mark tells us that Jesus told everyone to sit down on the green grass. Now that's not the New Living Translation trying to, you know, add in its own little um, interpretation. It's there in the Greek, chloros is the Greek word for green. You could think of the word like chlorophyll is green, right? Only Mark mentions the green grass. And I just find that fascinating. And so I brought some green grass today. For you when you come forward for communion. And I've got some green blankets that are going to be on the sides here. Two on the sides and one in the back uh, for our kids to actually sit down on. When you come up for communion, even if you're not receiving uh, communion um, proper this morning, kids, I want you to come up and I want you or to go in the back and find one of these green blankets to sit on. Not right now. Sorry, guys. (laughs) And grown-ups and, and uh, everyone in between who, who comes forward for communion, I want you to step onto this green, lovely green astroturf. I want you to just let that image sink in of Jesus. Are you putting all the pieces together now? <laughs> this good shepherd who has compassion on these people who are lost and wandering. They are like sheep who do not know the way. He has compassion on them and he leads them to the green grass and then he provides them all that they need in that moment. As echoes of Psalm 23, doesn't it? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or the New Living Translation says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. I have all that I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Yeah. He makes me rest in a place where I have what I need. Maybe not everything I want, but I have what I need. So this morning I want to challenge you um, to think about what are you looking for this morning? Are you looking for a leader? Are you looking for something you need? Are you looking to try to figure out the difference between what you need and what you want? Are you looking for faith, just a little bit of faith, to believe that God could do something? And then where is Jesus leading you? Where is Jesus leading you? Where is the green grass that he's asking you to just sit down and rest, and in that moment, know that you have what you need? In that moment, have all that you need. So we're going to turn to the table in just a moment, but first I want to just give you a minute to pray quietly, to doodle, to color, um, and then uh, turn towards the table and uh, this good shepherd who loves us and has compassion on us. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are a good, 
loving leader, that you promise to be our shepherd. Pray that you would help us to hear your voice, follow your leading. We know that it does not always lead to glorious and glamorous places, and yet anywhere with you is the place we want to be, Lord. So I pray for my brothers and sisters here today that your Holy Spirit would speak to them now of the green pastures, of the way that you are providing for them. In Jesus' name, amen.